high. I wasn't sure if you'd make it with the storm. The snow has precipitated as a little more white, lustrous, and larger crystals lately. But that's aside from the point. It's cold out there. Please, come inside. Feel free to have a seat. I'll pour some drinks. I'm afraid I don't have much at the moment, but I can offer you 95% ethanol. Some cultures like to call it moonshine, but <laughs> I guess I like things a little more straight to the point. Cheers. You know, a drink that good is just a matter of simple chemistry. Who knew that two carbons, six hydrogens, and just one sweet, sweet oxygen could bring such pleasure? Don't get me wrong, I think you're great. Beautiful, hardworking, and talented. But what we need to make this work is... is chemistry. There's something I need to open up to you about. And I'm sorry I haven't said anything about it before. Truthfully, sometimes, I feel like an anion lost in solution. Looking for something to really bond with. And with you, that, that's, that's easy, but... But it feels like maybe instead we're in a Zyrdeen ring. Like there's a third member involved and at any moment this wall will break open. Well, I have now realized that a third member is involved after all. I spent so many hours in the lab trying to provide for us. But I've met someone new. Her name is Science. And I have a chemistry with her that I now realize we would never have. I don't know how to love you. Not anymore. I'm so sorry. If I could change for you, I would. But we both know you'd still deserve better. That's just the thing. I could always foresee my reactions going to plan and lab, but... I was too blind to foresee yours now. What have I become? Just another researcher in the scientific machine? I guess that's my only option. I'll never be more than my research. That's why it's time to go to the lab. Welcome back to an appreciation project. It's been a while, hasn't it? You know, something that I've come to kind of realize is that as much as I have these projects that I really enjoy, there is something else that will always suck the life out of me and prevent me from having the time to do stuff like this. Because I'll be honest with you all, to the two people that listen to this, I really enjoy this project. Um, I'm not the best at talking to people, nor am I the best at keeping a consistent upload schedule, which by the way, uh, if you're looking at being some sort of influencer or social media personality, that's like the most important thing, having a consistent upload schedule. 
doesn't even matter if your content's good. It can be absolute garbage, but people still love it and they'll still watch it if it's consistent. So uh, don't take it from my book on this one, boys. But anyway, something that I've come to realize is that there's always going to be something preventing me from having fun and doing what I want to, which this is one of those many things, this whole podcast. And I have to say, if it were up to me, the major that I chose wouldn't give me so much bullshit to deal with all the time. <laughs> and I'm in this tricky position now where I'm far enough into it, into my major that is, that I want to go and finish it just because there's so little of it left. And, you know, I'm paying good money to be there, so I need to make something out of it. But also, you know, there's a certain part of me that's just changed, and I don't like what I do so much. And I figure I might as well talk about that now because it's directly the explanation for why I haven't been doing the things I love like this as often. So much of my time over the past semester, two semesters or so, even the summer before that, um, or not that one, but whatever, uh, <laughs> but so much of my time has been put into school and and all the studying and all the classes and research for it and that's not necessarily a problem i think that being pushed beyond your comfort zone is absolutely an imperative part of you know of growth of living a good life but it becomes a little bit different of a dynamic when you don't really care that much for what you do anymore and you know my major is in chemistry i do enjoy aspects of it for certain but I've also come to find that there's a lot of it I don't enjoy anymore. Or maybe I just didn't really enjoy it in the first place that much and I was just too driven or distracted to really pay much attention to that. But now I find myself in the position where I have to choose to just commit to finish it. And that's exactly what I'm doing. Um, and the starting episode that I made for you guys, the the Oscar-winning drama that I played an audio clip for <laughs> to you all. Um, that is, I don't know, it's kind of an on-the-nose representation of how it feels sometimes to feel a bit of imposter syndrome being a new researcher and to also be put in a position where I don't necessarily care what do I do all that much anymore, at least in college. And you know, it's really easy to start taking life way too seriously when you're pinched in a position like that between a rock and a hard place and you just really don't know what to do next. So in an attempt to start gaining control back, I'm going to start doing things that I really enjoy more. And this is, as I said, absolutely one of those things. So to all now three people out there who are listening to this episode, thank you. This is genuinely one of the things I have more fun with, and uh, I owe it to the people also that I've already interviewed to get these episodes out. That being, uh, for this episode, Mia Miller. She is an incredibly kind person. She has a great sense of humor, and we got the opportunity to talk a year ago, that is now, about what she does in the film industry. I find this stuff incredibly interesting, and a part of me has always wanted to go into more of the creative arts like that to do something that's more entertainment business like or you know if not part of that giant machinery uh just to do something like art house films or whatever um and mia is one of the people that i know one of the only people that i know that 
has been brave enough to go that direction and start building a career for herself in something that she really loves. So without further ado, uh, let's go back to a year ago and find out what Mia has to say about the whole filmmaking process and why it's something that I'm very envious of, to say the least. Anyway, here it is. We have a lot of catching up to do because mm-hmm. it's been, when's the last time I talked to you in person? It was like probably end of high school. End of high school. Yeah. That was a year and a half ago. Damn, time flies. It does. Seriously, it's scary. Mm-hmm. So one thing I've certainly been really jealous about is the photography stuff and the videography stuff you've been doing. So want to dig into that? Okay. okay. So yeah, so I do photography and videography. I do a lot of volunteer work, but I also get paid from time to time. Which oh, so is it's nice. volunteer, yeah. Yeah, but we have a we have a small community. It's growing in Idaho, mm-hmm. who does a lot of independent film filmmaking. Um, there's some commercials here, but a lot of it is just small time, small time stuff. Um, when I got out of out of high school, about probably the end of the the first summer so 2000 gosh 2019 yeah <laughs> right? i just i just do it by like graduation years yeah, yeah. I, I kind of forget what that sure that, that makes sense 2019 <laughs> end of summer i found this film community um and i reached out to a director and i was like hey you know do you need any help on this like music video um so i went on that and that's cool. That kind of introduced me to the small world of filmmaking that's actually here in Boise and in the Boise area. Was he a local? So he's a local director. Local director, yeah. What kind of what project were you working on? It was a music video for a band called Red Light Challenge. Hey, I know those guys. Do you? Yeah, they're really Sean... good. Oh gosh, I forget his other name. I forget their names too. But mm-hmm. the first time I saw them, they were playing at a BSU event. It was during during orientation. Okay. Uh, and then I remember seeing them also at the uh, lighting of the tree in downtown Boise. Yes. They were playing there for a while. They're they're really good. Yeah. No, no. There are a lot of, there's some fun guys over there. Um, but we did a music video for them for their song, Why Won't You? Mm-hmm. And Quinn's Pond. I remember that video. The, you worked on that one? Yeah. I was, I was, I Yo. literally the first thing I ever done. Um, I met the director named Cody and... The AC, which is an assistant camera who mm-hmm. pulls focus. Um, and that was kind of my first blink into the world. And then I got invited back onto a film challenge like um, called H48, which is a 48-hour yeah. film competition where you write, uh, shoot, and edit a film in 48 hours. And That's then from wild. there, I kept going back. Yeah. And I kept learning everything. So what was the defining moment, if there was one, that got you into this stuff? You know, in high school, so okay, so I, I remember distinctively coming back from California on a road trip mm-hmm. uh, 2017, it was my sophomore year, and, and it was winter, coming back from California on the road and knowing, just being by myself on the front passenger seat, thinking to myself, like, what do I want to do on my sophomore year? sophomore what do i want to do you know when i get out what a question that plagues many of that age <laughs> yes and it just hit me that i i i've always done video work 
whether it's on my like little phone or um just like fun little camera work um, we all like, start from somewhere i started on iMovie doing that kind of stuff yeah yeah i, I did it on my little phone um and it was from there when i realized that i i really wanted to pursue that so i got my notebook and i wrote new york film academy all Ooh. this stuff um that you know that i wanted to get into but i never got good grades in high school so new york film academy never worked for me turns out i decided in a couple years that college wouldn't be the thing for me mm-hmm. it wouldn't work out for me just for my personality type and my working type in an attempt to get into the video world when i became a little older mm-hmm. so junior year i did some marketing videos for Ooh. our my ceramics teacher named jerry hendershot so i love hendershot yes he's I such a wholesome too. guy mm-hmm. and so he invited me to go to the town tuscarora um for free of charge so i can go there and make a video for him promoting the whole uh experience the whole field trip for the Mm -hmm. students i remember seeing that video um i was taking pottery Mm -hmm. and i didn't have him i had the other teacher um mccabe Mm mccabe and uh she showed that to us during i think it was our eoc day because we didn't really have one yeah no i got to see that video it was really good thank you i did a a re-edit of that just recently Using, you know, non-copyrighted music, you know, that own <laughs> experience. Um, but that one, he still writes me and he says that, you know, it, the effect that it has on, you know, the program, bringing students in, mm-hmm. um, bringing people from local districts, whether here in Idaho or in Nevada or in other states. And uh, continually to see that effect that that one video had keeps me going in a sense of my work has influence Mm -hmm. it has it's it's doing something and it's doing something good and i didn't realize that that could happen so from tuscarora i went um to the kind of into the local art community um there's a little place in downtown boise called art source gallery and I met a few of the, the artists there, did a promotional for them. And then I did a promotional for one of the artists who were in there, a watercolor artist. That's cool. Um, and from and that promotional was uh, the Idaho Watercolor Society as a whole. So I did okay. that. But I, I found myself kind of looping back in the art community and, and I realized I didn't want to keep doing that. I wanted to somehow branch away. Mm-hmm. And it was in that time where I found the film community and I was like, oh, this is perfect because this is what I wanted to do. This is what I initially did, you know, those marketing videos in hopes to get into. Yeah. Because I just didn't know it was here. So the following year, I invested fully in the community. And from there, I really honed in on what I wanted to do in film. That's awesome. Where are you working at? I, you mean like as a a job job or... Not as a job job with the with the art community. Okay, so I, so hmm, to answer that question, I'll kind of explain how things work. So sometimes you work for the same company over and over again, mm-hmm. or a couple of times, like you get brought back. And a lot of it, however, is just seeing jobs listed, posted yeah. online, and and applying for them. Like, hey, we need a PA, which is a production assistant, and then reaching out to those guys and say, hey, I can do this, yada, yada. Yeah. Um, most recently, 
I guess I can say that I did some AC work, which is assistant camera work for this company called Chamber Media based out of Utah that moved to Boise um, on a click funnel shoot. It's an entrepreneurial kind of thing. I haven't heard of it. It's it's pretty big in the entrepreneur community. Um, it has like there's a guy there that a lot of people come from you know all over the the nation to here in Boise to see oh, him wild. talk, which is pretty neat. So I did that, and it was on this like big beast of a camera, <laughs> which was great to it work on. It feels powerful when you're using good equipment. Oh yeah, it does. <laughs> oh yeah, and especially when you're assisting with that, and you get to hold the lenses, but knowing that that is so much money in your hand right now. But oh god, if you drop it, you're throwing away some lenses. I don't even want to think about that. <laughs> yeah, let's not talk about that. <laughs> <laughs> so. Why is this the route that you want to go? What is it in your childhood or maybe more recent developments that got you invested into this local art community? Is it just a knack that you felt like you've always had? You know, honestly, it's just, it's something that I've I've always loved. You know, and I guess there's nothing from my childhood. I really got interested in it like late junior, junior high. Mm-hmm. So gosh, probably probably seventh grade i i went went to my junior high and there's some kids on the morning announcements oh the morning announcement videos yes yeah and i loved it i loved it so much um and i just wondered like what happened behind the scenes on that um i was never able to do it because i kind of switched schools around um but i still i still had that love for it so i always joined video broadcasting yada yada did all that um film research mm-hmm. um but other other than that i mean it was really just kind of a love thing like, just one of those like deep-rooted understandings that this is something that i want to do yeah just kind of hit you as that or it was it was definitely something i knew i wanted to do i, I knew it i think it's really good that you're chasing your passion with this i so many of us aren't. <laughs> I would be crazy if I if I didn't go after it every single day. Yeah. It's something that is that strong. Ever since, I've been on a kind of good streak with video gigs, mm-hmm. uh, which is great because I'm only a year into it. Which is wild that you've gotten this far with it so far. And like, I'm blessed with the opportunities I had. It's course. really cool, seriously. From an outsider perspective, like seeing the posts that you have with all the places you're going, mm-hmm. it's while I'm stuck doing chemistry homework, <laughs> it's really cool. Mm-hmm. Thank you, thank you. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm. De- I definitely feel blessed and and appreciate the opportunities that have come my way. And I think just taking it as well as seeking out opportunities, you have to do that mm-hmm. because opportunities don't just come. Yeah. My very first gig, what I talked about earlier, was a music video gig. Uh, the listing that was posted, that I was just kind of scrolling through, was for extras, for people to be on-screen extras. What I did is I reached out and say, I'm not an extra, but I'm interested in film work. And I was wondering, you know, if you need an extra hand. Instantly got back to me. And then the next two days, I was on that shoot. So it was creating that opportunity for yourself. Was it scary taking that leap? And going as far as to reach out to someone to get involved with something you've never been a part of. Oh, yeah. Like an actual person who, yeah. you know, does this stuff. It was it was 
it was just last year. And think thinking about it now, I'll do it instantly. But then it was kind of nerving. It's brand new. It's, it is exactly. You don't new. know what the reaction is going to be. Mm-hmm. But just knowing that it was instant, almost spontaneous. I later to um, be friends with the, the director mm-hmm. I work with a lot now. Um, who's very instant in speaking like, hey, yeah, come join. And he is a natural teacher too. So he does do a lot of, um, a lot of, he, he helps out a lot of people kind of learn, which is nice. So I, I did get like a good, a good opportunity there. A good connection. What's the art community like here in Boise? Cause, or, or at least directly the, the film industry here in Boise. So there's a lot of people who love storytelling mm-hmm. in this community. And they're hard workers too. The more you know, the more sets you work on, um, you meet different people, and you meet people who who really love it, who sacrifice sleep for it. Um, the hustlers. Oh yeah, oh yeah, and that's like those are the best kind of people to be on work there because you know that their heart is in it too. Yeah. Um, I haven't worked with a lot of people, but the people I have worked with, you you, you can tell that it's all a familiar goal. You know, everyone's sacrificing their sleep. Everyone's putting in a lot. You know, on these late nights, these long days, 12-hour days, 12-hour plus days, um, because we all have this common goal to get this thing finished, yeah. to get it into the post-production. Um, and, that's, and that's really neat that I found in this community, and that's, I think, why I thrive in it. Um, because I feel like I can relate that yeah. I, I enjoy losing sleep over it. I enjoy the long nights. I it's enjoy something that's the finally, hustle. It's something that's finally worth hating yourself for. <laughs> yeah, the, the next morning when I have to get up at six in the morning to go to work. <laughs> what are some of the experiences that you've gotten to go on? And, and what are some of the places that you've gotten to see doing this kind of stuff? So two of them that come right to mind is uh, getting a production assistant job in Sun Valley, Idaho, where we did a commercial shoot. And then from there, the same guy also took me to Chao, California, Mm -hmm. which was awesome. Um, I did some camera operation work as well as uh, product management, things like that. But product management was like a first, so it was also a learning opportunity. But the fact of Going to a whole new place, especially out of state, mm-hmm. for one. Uh, for two, Tahoe, California. Never been there before. Heard a lot about I've it. I've heard it's so beautiful. It's beautiful. My lake. dad used to go skiing there uh, in his younger years, and I've always wanted to go there. It's actually been a long time since I've even been to California. Yeah. No. Yeah. No. I. You know what? Leaving. I. That was the first time I had left Idaho in oh. a few years. Oh. So that was breathtaking to just leave the state. I mean, I, I don't really think about that, but when I left Idaho, it's like, gosh, like, it's just a reminder that there's every, there's so much more out there. Yeah, your lizard brain freaks out because your environment just changed, and it's like, what the fuck is going on here? <laughs> <laughs> but you love it. You absolutely love it. Yeah. Um, what I was going back on before mm-hmm. with leaving the state, having, you know, your eating expenses, living expenses, travel expenses all paid for, um, while also being a part of something that you are completely passionate about. It's it's this amazing feeling that I, I strive for. Now that I know about it, I want to keep going at it. Yeah. What was awesome, especially about that trip, is that 
we did some boat photography. So I saw photos of that. So it was the coolest thing, and the director was crazy, but you know, in a good kind of crazy. So sociopathic, but in a good sense. Oh my gosh! Yeah, I think you have to be a little crazy if you're a camera operator just to get those shots. <laughs> But I straight up tell you, so we're on this boat and, and I got to do like behind the scenes footage mm -hmm. of the director literally getting on the wakeboard next to a professional wakeboarder who was also you know wakeboarding right beside him. Yeah. And he was there with his camera. So holding onto the rope and then holding onto the camera with his other hand, just shutter button <laughs> like down, just snapping as many photos as he can as he's wakeboarding over the Tahoe Lake. Oh my God, you dropped that. <laughs> oh, you're done. <laughs> Jesus. But, you know, it was, it was that wild thing that just seeing it, it took my breath away. I'm like, oh, I want to do that. Yeah. What? The, the extreme dedication that some of these guys have is insane. Mm -hmm. And something to be admired because it's shot. It's stuff like that that gets you some of the best shots. Um, there mm -hmm. was an Emission Impossible uh, shot they got that I really loved. It was so cinematic um, where Tom Cruise was jumping out of a plane. And uh, they had this whole like camera rig following him, following him as they're coming out and just watching that in theaters and seeing the beautiful warm glow of the sunset far off in the background mm. and mixed with the extreme sense of action that scene gave you. Mm -hmm. It's film conveys stuff in a way that reaches an emotional level that is really hard to repl replicate in other ways. Like, I feel like with reading, for example, you can get really deep into the emotional and it's easy to access some of the more uh, basic but strongly intrinsic emotions we have. But film can make you feel certain emotions that are convoluted enough and a mixture of other emotions, unlike other mediums can. If that makes sense. It does. So with reading, it allows you to imagine the world in your own in your own head. Mm -hmm. It's your own creativity and your own love and joy for what you're mm -hmm. reading that gets expressed while you're reading it. Yeah. And in film, you know, some people can argue like your own imagine creative your your own imagination, like that's that's a powerful powerful move. But in film, mm -hmm. every aspect of the picture is manipulated exactly that way and it all comes together to form an emotion mm -hmm. to benefit the story and that's a beautiful thing yeah and and I, that's why so many people are fascinated with film and filmmaking just because there's so many moving parts yeah it's everything from the the background audio that you're not supposed to really pay attention to because it's that exact, mm -hmm. because it's supposed to make you feel like you're in that world. It's subliminal. It, it mm -hmm. wants to suspend your disbelief and suck you into this world that it's creating. Oh, yeah. And when it can do that and the movie ends and you kind of like take your first real blink, you take your first real breath of air. Mm -hmm. It's like, whoa, like I was just like immersed, fully yeah. immersed. And that's what film can do. It can it fully immerses um, your mind. I mean, you can do that the same way with reading, but yeah. I think it's just preference at that point. But with movies, it seems like since you don't have to spend so much of your energy creating, like I'm a visual person. Sure. And when I read, I create images in my head and that's mostly what I base my ideas off of, of what I'm reading. And I feel like when you're watching something that's more of a visual medium instead of, uh, re instead of reading it, it 
allows you to direct more of that energy from creating the world in your head to being in the moment and feeling those emotions that it's trying to get you to feel. Because like when I watch movies, I'll cry like a bitch if it's a good movie. <laughs> like Naturally. Uh, Mr. Rogers, that was a really good one um, that I cried to. And the latest movie that I really got sucked into and I felt like I was part of its own universe was The Lighthouse. If you've seen that one. Yes, I have. It's such a good movie. <laughs> so I need to watch it again. <laughs> yeah. I had to watch it when I was flying into Minneapolis. I'm surprised they had it. But it, it, when you see films like that, where you can tell the people behind it are just extremely passionate about what they're doing. Like mm -hmm. it's not a cash grab. It's mm -hmm. obviously some really talented people working on it, wanting to tell a very unique story. You can't help but just feel in awe of that kind of passion. You know? It's true. No, when, when someone, when you can see um, in that intense passion in someone, especially, especially when you experience it firsthand, when someone's in front of you and you just know exactly what they're thinking, or you see the gears in their head turning like creatively, mm -hmm. um, it, it's really inspiring it is. because, because you see that and you just, and you, and you love it and, and you're like, oh man, I mean, I want to be that that interested in in this picture, this one single frame that everything, you know, is manipulated in this certain exact way to 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 make, you know, the thousands of other frames all come together. Mm -hmm. And being on these independent sets, which aren't anything Hollywood, they're not anything LA, a lot of it is rigging together, you know, DIY things. We Doing don't have, the best you can. We don't have big cranes. We don't have anything. We have a lot of creativity. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and it forces you to get creative with things, which is nice. But seeing it, learning the different departments, you have a new appreciation for the films that are on the big screen because you know exactly what goes on. So, for example, what I do, what I've honed in on is assistant camera work. Mm -hmm. So there's the director of photography which is the cinematographer, them and the director work together. Okay. The director decides what the, you know, what's going to happen. They're the big hoss. Oh, yeah. And the cinematographer makes it happen, makes the frame um, look good. And obviously, director has the final say. Uh, assistant camera, AC, they will assist the director of photography. And that is putting together a camera, so assembling, disassembling camera, um, swapping lenses, keeping everything clean, keeping everything tidy. Mm -hmm. uh, and then one of the bigger roles of it is what's called pulling focus. Do you know what pulling focus means? No. So pulling focus is literally just the focus ring. Like manually um, doing it with your hands or? Yes. Okay. Manually doing focus with your hands. And this is important because a lot of a lot of camera shots are people moving to and from camera, the camera moving, you know, alongside of them or away from them or right on. There's so many camera movements. Camera movement is important. Film, yeah. Okay. <laughs> um, and there's a lot of just, there's that range between the actor and, and the camera that if they take a step forward, they're out of focus, um, depending on, you know, the focal range and everything. Yeah. So what the AC does is they have this little, this little tool that um, can be wireless or not, and you hook it up to the camera, and it's your own ring. Oh. And so you can you, you control the focus manually. Um, it's, it's, very, it's, <laughs> it's a very small thing. Like you don't really think about it when you watch a movie. 
but um, it's very important because yeah. the whole shot's ruined if it's out of focus. That's true. And you have to be very precise with it too. So it takes a certain amount of like instinct as well, mm -hmm. you know, just to watch carefully, see if they're coming in or out, just like, you know, the tiniest bit. So there's a lot of attentive work. Um, so that's what I honed in primarily as AC work and I've got to work on some pretty cool cameras like a like a red cinema camera Ooh. that was just last week that's a spendy boy it is <laughs> <laughs> and then I also got I, I get to work on this Aria Alexa a lot um because I'm um very familiar with the director and work with him a lot mm -hmm. and so those are those are some uh, kind of the bigger hot shot cameras I worked on um mm -hmm. and I and I like that I really enjoy learning the little doodads that go on and go off. And, you know, there's some really interesting things, you know, there's things to hold cups, you know, for the crew. Just, <laughs> just the, the, the most important piece of the equipment. The very most have. important things for, uh, for a film set, exactly, for it to all run smoothly. <laughs> so when you're working behind the scenes, what is the vibe like between all the people working on it? Is it extremely goal oriented are you guys just having fun with it how does it feel creatively so it, it depends on what set you're on mm -hmm. um paid sets you're you know obviously to the point um you wanna you want to get things done and everyone's professional about it um kind of uh corporate well i mean in a way you know in a way because like we all have a timeline we have to do this because time is money mm -hmm. or money is time Time is money, whatnot. You know what's um what's great is that after high school, this is kind of changing the topic. No, it's <laughs> a little a little bit. <laughs> but something great that I learned after high school is um reaching out and having conversations with people is yeah. just totally normal. And knowing that it's okay that they're they're human too, and it's kind of like strange to think about it, yeah. And and that way, because obviously, it's your fellow person. You know, everyone everyone is an individual such as you, but it's strange to to come to that that further conclusion that they have all their exact thoughts and they have their insecurities and they have everything running in their head too. And so after high school, realizing that. I let go of a lot of like social insecurities. Mm -hmm. And so that helped um, for when I when I did meet new people, just ultimately being myself. Yeah. What's what's great about these sets is that, you know, I remember what we were talking about before. Um, the independent community is that people are there having fun. They also have a goal. But you also get those one-on-one, -on -one, you know, moments in between takes where you just have this nice conversation, and then boom, go into a take and you come back. It's 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 a very it's also a very social thing, and so going into that as well as not having my own schedule or not having um, a school schedule anymore, having yeah. my own schedule, determining things for myself, making my own plans like that, making my own schedule. Um. It came of a self-confidence. Yeah. Being able to make things work, getting things done for myself, knowing that I'm running the show. So what's great 
about finding the community is knowing that there's a community there. Yeah. Um, beforehand, I didn't know what it was like to be among, you know, other people who are as, as passionate for filmmaking as, as I am. Yeah. So being suddenly in this community where there's dozens and dozens and I think there's close to like a couple hundred or whatnot of people who, who, who love the same thing, who are interested in making films and, and interested in the shot and the crafts of it. It was assuring to know that, you know, there's also people similar to me in that regard. Yeah. And knowing that and that assurance helped me be more social. Mm-hmm. It helped me be able to invest myself fully into a work. Yeah. Something that I was passionate about, something that I enjoy doing. There is definitely a correlation between being around people who are equally or more passionate than you are about something and, you know, finding yourself after whatever experience you had with them, really appreciating what you're doing more. Um, I got to go on a trip to Yellowstone when I was still in high school, and it was just this big photo trip. Uh, I got to go along with Tyler McFarland, who was on the show. I got to go with Ian, who was also on the show earlier, and a handful of other people who were just talented artists. And we had so much fun on this trip. And not only did I leave that appreciating what I did there and what they were doing there, I also got to experience more of and get deeper into this type of art community that they had going on there. Because uh, Ben Lim, for example, I love that guy. I haven't talked to him in a little bit, but he's an insane, insanely talented artist. Um, I remember we went to this one waterfall and, you know, most of us were just doing our photography stuff and there were some okay photos, but the lighting wasn't great. And, uh, you know, no one left there having the perfect photo. But Ben sat there and put his camera down and just started watercoloring. And I never knew that he was talented in that regard. So I went over and watched him do it. And the guy's fucking, he, he's one of those guys who's very quiet about the stuff he does, but that brain has some insane talent behind it. And I was watching what he's doing and it was just this uh, watercolor of a rock that was nearby, not even the waterfall, which was the main thing we were there for. Mm-hmm. And yet what he made there, in my opinion, was very much more beautiful than anything that any of us were getting to get on our cameras. It's witnessing a kind of passion at work. Yeah. Which is inspiring and it makes you even more enthused to, to have that Exactly. Kind of I, as, as he had, focusing on, you know, something that, you know, wasn't even the big pictures is interesting in itself. Mm-hmm. Like, it's almost more gratifying, like you said earlier, to see the gears in someone's head turn creatively. Mm-hmm. It, it's, it's almost just as satisfying to get to experience that mm-hmm. in someone else or yourself than it is to walk away from whatever you're working on and, you know, have a good shot. Mm-hmm. It's... In, in that sense, art is definitely something very collaborative. Even if you're not working on taking a photo together with someone or working on a set with a group of people, just being there, part of that is a way for you to grow and get to appreciate you know, the art that you're doing in the first place even more. And like I've never worked on a set like you have with, um, with film production, but from what you've told me so far, it just sounds like you have a lot of really cool people there who not only are bound together by being goal oriented, 
but also just by, you know, sharing passion in the same way that, you know, any of me, the homies can sit around and watch anime and just go like, oh, this is pretty fucking cool, you know? <laughs> and when <laughs> so. you can find a crew or a team together that that know exactly what each other are thinking, know exactly what the needs are, are in each other, especially in like an independent film community, if it's like, oh, like 10 or so people and, and you have those minds working together as a collective, yeah. it's a really powerful thing that could happen. What, for an example... Have you heard of 13 Stories uh, Idaho Penitentiary Film Competition? No. So it's a it's a competition that happened um, this summer where in old Idaho Penitentiary, they gave out real life um, stories of the real life inmates. Oh. And there's 13 teams, I believe, who got to pick, you know, their choosing and 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 make a, a film out of their story. And you filmed Ooh. on the on this on the location of Idaho, old Idaho Penitentiary. It's a really neat project. So did you get to go inside and oh, see yeah. the place? Oh, that's oh cool. yeah, see see where everything happened. Um, you know, going to those places for one is an experience which comes with being a filmmaker. Yeah. Um, which actually I want to get into later Let's if do I remember it. it. <laughs> um, <laughs> but there is a one there's two nights, I believe, or one or two nights that I worked with a production um, team here that I usually work with. We we did this story about this German hypnotist, right? Oh. And it was at it was at nighttime, and we had I think a crew of ten people, ten or so people. Um, this was a few months ago, I think. Um, but we were there for the first night, probably seven or so hours. You guys gonna get haunted until straight up. Two in the morning, oh my God. you know, literally leaving the location, seeing like owls, you know, pooing <laughs> on the castle, seeing like the bright table rock cross. Yeah. It was it was an eerie thing, you know. Um, but that night was my favorite set mm-hmm. I've ever been on so far because I've worked with these people multiple times before at this point. They've all worked together already. And so I was I was an AC and also grip, which means I help move equipment around. Yeah shot after shot after shot we cleared through it because we we knew exactly how everyone worked together and we were able to get through every shot and you know it's set up too we have we have what's called like a, a dana dolly which are like two poles and yeah and a slider and the camera goes on it there's a lot of those types of shots so it's is very is a pretty technical film yeah. um so setting those up in minutes and then getting that shot done on the first or second or third try, boom, 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 like clearing through it. Especially when time is running out, just knowing what 10 people can do when they all they all are in sync. Everything just Everyone fell together, together perfectly. Oh, yeah. That's really cool. Uh-huh. <laughs> it, it's, it's fascinating. It's something that just seeing it in person, you know, you gain an appreciation for. Video itself... Very interesting as well as photography because you can correlate or you can I don't know the word collide or that's not a word <laughs> we you you can literally match it with any other hobby in the world mm-hmm. in the in this you know universe if you're going into space because it's just documenting you know yeah. it's it's literally just documenting if whether it's narrative which is story or documentary that's a unique perspective and I, I actually like that I guess. Any form of video and 
and photography is just documentation. Mm-hmm. You know, whether you have someone posing for you or whether it's just a landscape, you're making a marker of a place and time in the history of this world. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. That's that's that's, that's definitely the truth. Um, going and filming pottery, you know, in Tuscarora. Mm-hmm. Oh, what is that special type of glazing called? Where you Raku? use the trash can? Raku. Raku. Yeah. That was amazing. <laughs> yeah. You know, it was like just garbage cans on fire. <laughs> mm-hmm, mm-hmm. It's it's you know being able to be there, capture something on a camera. Um, and also, it's not just capturing, it's learning about it. Mm-hmm. It's learning about it and experiencing it firsthand. Learning about, like, the philosophy of raku making, how, you know, when you interview people, how they explain things. Um, it's, a, it's a whole different perspective that you would never get. Be- unless you're, you know, fully invested in, say, Potter, you went to Tesco, you did it yourself. I personally... I would love, I think it would be cool to, to be good at it, but I'm not. <laughs> so, <laughs> so I, I filmed it and, and I was still able to learn that. Mm-hmm. So what's really going to be great knowing this right now is that I'm going to go through my life documenting things yeah. and learning and I'll always be learning a new, a new thing that I personally would never look into unless I was there to capture it for someone else. Yeah. Yeah. And what we're doing right now, just even recording this conversation in itself is a form of documentation. Mm-hmm. It's not visual, obviously, mm-hmm. <laughs> but um, it's it's an opportunity to take a moment in a specific time in our lives and just explore, you know, what we're passionate about. Mm-hmm. So something that um, I, I, I like what you're doing here. I yeah, like podcasts. You. I like what you know, you being able to to talk to someone one-on-one and really, you know, get them to talk about what, what other people may not know about them. Um, it's not always easy either. No, yeah, big kudos because sometimes, like, for me, example, you know, I, 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 don't, I don't know what to say at times, but you make it very easy in a comfortable, relaxing environment, which... That's, that's my role in this because... Mm-hmm. While I find it fun to share little snippets of my life mm-hmm. while doing this sort of stuff and my own views, ultimately, I don't really give a fuck about knowing more about me. Mm-hmm. It, it's the people that I want to get to know. It's that interest and the in other person. They have. Exactly. Mm-hmm. It's, a, it's that curiosity. And, you know, with every episode of this we do, we're I'm getting better at asking the right questions. Um, I'm getting better at uh, at making an environment where people feel comfortable just to get together and talk about what they're passionate about. And it's not perfect, but conversation isn't. It never is. It never is. No. And you're always learning from it. Exactly. So that individual one-on-one thing is um, also something that that I look for. I I recently (laughs) launched um, my LLC, (laughs) and that's called Open Blue Media. I saw that. Congratulations, by the way. Thank you. Yeah, it's it's kind of big for me um, because... I have a lot of my own ideas that I just couldn't put it under my name. I had to have Mm. kind of a platform for it. And going into the name, first of all, open blue. I love the ocean. And that's what it reminds me of. It reminds me of the ocean and the sky, both of which I find very mysterious in in terms of we don't know a lot about the universe. We we, We know about the ocean, but not the depths of it. 
also the vastness of it. Yeah. That's huge. It's so much larger than we can comprehend. Exactly. And so that's in reference to kind of both the sky and the ocean. And the idea of (laughs) vastness, it's something that I guess putting into words right now, I've always wanted to try to explain, (laughs) if that makes sense. When I look at a pretty landscape, I'm fascinated by it, but what I'm fascinated the most about is the space between me and this mountain. And just kind of comprehend that, you know, wondering what can be built right there. Like, how long is it going to take for me to walk from here to there? A long Mm -hmm. time. Um, So open blue media, what I put on there is in hopes to kind of get an understanding of vastness of the world itself of different corners of the world Mm -hmm. and individual people what frustrates me (laughs) is being on a freeway and knowing that 10 cars are passing me every second well you're just a slow driver (laughs) well that's that's for one (laughs) but in the opposite direction you know people passing me this way too you know my direction there's so many people. Yeah. It boggles my mind. And that's just here in Boise. That's yeah. just here in this one little intersection that's going on in Meridian or Northern Idaho or LA or New York or in Dubai or in everywhere else in the world. What boggles my mind is that there's so many individual people who can be on a podcast and explain their passions and can just go deep into what they love and what they don't love and what their problems are in life. And it frustrates me because I will never be able to know every single person in this world. (laughs) I understand. I understand the feeling. And even if you did get the opportunity to, like even let's say with this project, I'm Mm. able to interview every person on earth that's born before they die in my lifetime. First of all, that would be a big congratulations. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Um, But even if that were possible, our brains can't comprehend the Mm-mm. scale of that and you can't remember all of it. It It's, I, I agree that's frustrating to know that there's so many people out there and that the, the realization that everyone has a story. It's almost something that I get sentimental about under just realizing that or having that thought come to mind. Film and podcasting and any medium of they can convey a story. Any any medium that can convey a story, all of it is it's a documentation of human culture and human life or the natural world or just whatever the fuck this is. <laughs> <laughs> and and it is frustrating to not be able to know all of it, but there's also some to kind of appreciate about that. The fact that you'll never know yeah, no. everything. It, it leaves a certain magical element to the world to know that you'll never be able to understand it all. And then that's just the world. What the fuck else is out there? Mm-hmm. It leaves, I guess, yeah, you know, that makes sense. It, it, it continues that drive for knowledge. Yeah. It continues reaching out and, and finding out more. And I think that's, you know, important to have that drive for knowledge. Absolutely. And that's that's what Open Blue Media for me is about is, is if I can do any of that, Invest in one person at yeah. a time and get to know them and talk with them 
and showcase a little bit of their life, a snippet of it, you know, because you can't do the whole life, a snippet of it at least. Mm -hmm. It creates an understanding from one person to another. And there's so little of that, obviously, in the climate we're in, the climate the world is in. And if there was more of that, if there's more understanding where people are coming from, what they've been through, what they know, what they don't know, you know, obviously the world would be better. (laughs) Yeah, the better understanding helps us not be so goddamn tribal all the time. Yes, it does, sir. (laughs) And actually communicate and enjoy sharing existence with each other. Mm -hmm. It's, I, I think it would be really cool if we could all just know each other naturally. Like, instead of this pain in the ass investigation that we have to go through in life with actually getting to know people, if you just were <laughs> born knowing everyone, that would be really cool. But but again, then it comes to that kind of that magical element, that room for your own creativity to fill in the gaps is taken away. And I don't know, there's, there's something that I really admire in, in the same way that you can look up to the stars at night next to a campfire and just go, God damn, I'm so insignificant compared to all this. But also, just because I'm insignificant and there's no meaning, you know, that just because that's the case doesn't mean that I can't make my own meaning. And it doesn't mean that I can't make stories out of the stars looking at constellations and creating, you know, a narrative before you. And the same goes for people. You know, I'm not going to reconstruct the narrative of every person out there correctly, <laughs> but it's cool to have that room for imagination. Mm-hmm. of you know what the ultimate success story looks like out there or stories of redemption it, it's the rest of it is left to imagination i guess yeah <laughs> <Ooh>. <laughs> so uh, i got one more question for you sure um where do you want to go well what do you want to do with your life where do you want this to bring you ideally my goal right now is to become a a full-time filmmaker where I'm making a living working on a set That'd or be. working on a video or as an editor. That would be the dream right now. Yeah. <laughs> In Boise no particularly, there's a lot of people who want to do that. And then there's very little opportunities. Yeah. <laughs> Especially for full-time for full-time things. So if I don't find something in Boise, I think eventually, I'm not sure. This is kind of just me rambling right now. I would go where opportunities lead me. And you never know where that's going to be. I don't know. No. But if I could, if I could stay in Idaho and travel for gigs like full time and do that consistently, I would love that. Yeah. Oh gosh, I would love that. You know, experience new places, but come da- back to a home base, mm-hmm. to this place where I, where I made my home already. Boise already is a city that is fairly supportive of the arts. There's a lot of really cool public works out there. Um, You know, the entirety of Freak Alley, of course, is a go-to for most visitors and people. Like, you have Mm -hmm. to go there if you live here at least once. (laughs) Yes. You know, I really hope that, you know, as this community grows, you know, people like yourself are going to be the ones that are on the front lines of that, growing it and creating it into something that can attract more people and get more people interested in what this is. What, so what's great is that hearing stories from people I know in the community, the community has grown a lot in the last few years. Mm-hmm. Um, 
And that's from the people who kind of stayed with it and stuck with it and saw that potential. And that's for, you know, some production companies that are moving into Boise, you know, knowing it as a more, you know, a popular city now on the maps. Having that work here is, is will eventually make it of something. Yeah. I think right now there's not enough opportunities, but that's because it's growing. And it's going to be your job to make sure that it grows. <laughs> I would love to. I would love to stay and 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 help and 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 what's great is that I'm still learning. Every day I'm on a set, I learn something, whether it's good, whether it's bad. Bad as in what not to do on a set, good as in what works on a set. Yeah. Um I learn every day and and if I find that I'm not learning anymore, well, I think that's the point where I would go off and find and find something more it's the pursuit of not only creating art but also growth yes. and i think it's important to keep on that track because honestly nothing is more satisfying than just growing just knowing that today i'm a better person than i was yesterday being reflective is important for growth yeah and i found that throughout this last year and that ultimately has al allowed me to to see everything on a timeline and to see what I've learned from each day and from each set, um, whether it's socially or, you know, technically or whatnot. It's important. And, and that's one of the biggest things that 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 I that I believe in right now. I yeah, guess. that's awesome. I'm looking forward to what you have to create in the future. Thank you. Thank you for coming on. I appreciate it. This is great. Thank you, Keaton.